Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Coffee's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. Today we look ahead to the Aramco Team Series and hear from LET CEO Alex Armas and Australian star Minji Lee. Hi guys, this is Ben Wiesberger and welcome to the Golf Monthly Podcast. The Clubhouse is brought to you by Titleist T-Series, the number one irons on the PJ Tour and trusted by brand ambassador Cam Davis to take top spot at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. For more information, head to titleist.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. My name is Tom Clark and I'm joined by Elliot. Hey, how are you doing, Elliot? Hey, Tom. Yeah, doing good. Back from holiday now and uh, a pleasure as always to hear your voice. Well, quite. How was Wales? Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, very hilly over in Wales. And um, I think it's a bit underrated, actually. Absolutely beautiful country. Have you been there? Did you just say Wales is underrated? Oh, definitely. Everybody talks about how amazing Scotland is, but I'm telling you, Wales packs a punch. <laughs> I, I kind of agree with that. I'm not sure. I'm sure you can say the whole country is underrated. But anyway... Um, yeah, so come on, what golf did you play out there? Let's know. I played a lot of golf. So I went on a, a standard little seven-night holiday with my girlfriend. And as you know, she's picked up golf. So we took the golf clubs and we played three times. Played uh, Craddock Golf Club, which is just north of Brecon, in the Brecon Beacons, uh, which was amazing. Had some incredible views. Uh, played Moorless Castle, which is a bit further south. Um, around the castle remains again a, a wonderful club with amazing views very hilly uh, lovely membership and then we also played brecon golf club which is a little nine holer had an honesty box so uh, posted our 20 pound through the little letterbox um and yeah just a, again another lovely little club uh, it had trolleys at the back of the green actually which you could take for free and then just leave there when you finish with them which was um very appreciated because we climbed Penavan in the morning, which is like the highest peak in uh, the whole of south of Britain, I believe. So that was quite tiring. But uh, yeah, just a fantastic week playing golf uh, on these hidden gems. So normally someone like me, a bit of a golf snob, I guess, me and my friends and my dad, we always go and play like the top 100 courses and try and tick them off. But actually playing these hidden gems that I've never heard of for really cheap green fees, friendly people, it was, um, yeah, an absolute joy. Well, that's good to hear. I think I'm going to firstly say, well, surely it's not the biggest mountain in, it's not even the biggest mountain in Wales. No, but I think Snowdonia counts as like North Britain, potentially. Okay, if you say so, I'll take I'll your word. The messenger. <laughs> okay, I'll take, uh, I'll take your, um, your word on that. Um, but you, you would have struggled to get up it, I'll tell you that, well, with all the KFC you eat. Well, I do you know I did have a fantastic KFC. I got the big, the biggest bargain bucket you can buy uh, for the England game last week, and that was a uh, forty pounds, just forty pounds from Just Eat, and it was delicious. Not just for me, I should say. Uh, I did help have some help eating it, but um, no, I'm, I I think I'd, I'd um, shock you by my uh, my legs are very strong because it has to they have to carry me around, so uh, I can I can get myself around pretty much anywhere um but Elliot, it's a big week for you this week isn't it because you are playing 
in a professional golf tournament this week. What's what's happening? Let's know. Yeah, massive week. Playing in the Aramco Team Series on the Ladies European Tour from Thursday to Saturday. So I'll be part of a team of four alongside three very capable professional golfers. And yeah, I'm going to have a caddy, which I've never had before. So that's something I'm really excited about. And um, as well as just enjoying myself, hopefully we can create some good content, uh, post a lot to social media, uh, do a wrap up piece, maybe even a podcast dedicated to to my experience as well. So um, yeah, I, I can't really believe that it's happening, to be honest. Um, so yeah, just very, very excited. And, and where is this taking place? It's at the Centurion Club in Hertfordshire between Hemel Hempstead and St Albans. Uh, I've never been there before, but it looks lovely. I think it opened in 2013, so it's still relatively new. But um, yeah, a very popular golf course and one that I'm really excited to play at. Well, I have played there, Elliot, and I'm, I'm a bit gutted. Well, you, haven't you? Asked, you haven't asked me for any course knowledge, have you? You know, you know, you could have given, I could, could have given you some top tips. But... Yeah, what's it like 30 yards to the left of the fairway? <laughs> Well, that's hard. that's just harsh, isn't it? That's hard. But that was about how I played. I think we played it quite hung over, if I remember rightly. Yeah, it's going to be uh, amazing for you, Elliot, isn't it? You're actually going to be playing with three professional golfers. Obviously, there's three pros and one amateur in each team. And you can actually help um, some pros win some money. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's like the selling point of the event, that uh, an amateur golfer could hold the winning part in an official professional event to win playing partners, best part of 800 grand. Um, and Solheim Cup points, world ranking points, um, race to Costa del Sol points as well for the Ladies European Tour Order of Merit. So there's a lot on the line. Um, it's going to be a lot of pressure. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, I think. But uh, yeah, so there's a draft tonight. Um, I'm sure that'll be out by the time you listen to this podcast, if you're listening to it later in the week. I think the top 36 seeds all pick a partner and then another professional gets randomly assigned to the team and then uh, another amateur gets assigned to the team to make it up of, um, as a four. So, uh, yeah, really interesting format. It's on Sky Sports as well, so we can all tune in and watch uh, and hopefully it'll be a great week. The weather looks a bit dodgy, but, um, you know, it's Britain, isn't it, in the summer, so <laughs> you can never guarantee that. Elliot, let's face it, you could be on Sky Sports with your golf string this week it's amazing isn't it i mean what could possibly go wrong <laughs> yeah um i'm a bit chubbier than i would have liked to be so i'm a bit worried about that i'm um, not too fussed about my golf swing being on tv more than my belly to be honest i'm sure it'd be great mate i'm sure it's going to be fantastic and let's we're going to hear a bit more about it now uh we're going to hear from the ladies european tour ceo alex armis who discusses how the innovative tournament came about her time as LET CEO and the women's game in general. So here is Alex. First of all, just talk to me about this week, the Aramco Team Series London. How excited are you to finally kick it off? Well, hugely exciting. Obviously, just um, it's my. I just arrived on site this this morning for the first time, and uh, um, just you know, seeing the setup uh, is obviously a fantastic golf course. Um, it is. It is unique. The event also. Uh, the players are excited and. And, you know, I think it's just a concept that came out of last year and, you know, COVID times that has evolved into this amazing um, tournament and, and series of events. That is, uh, it's exciting that, you know, an idea when it comes through and, and that you kind of 
eventually see actually the event happening. So it's uh, very much looking forward to it. Yeah, so when did you have the idea then? So the, well, it all came about um, last year, as I said, um, when we were struggling with, for tournaments with COVID. We had to cancel so many tournaments and our players have spent a lot of months without being able to compete. And uh, one of the easiest options for us with all the restrictions that were in place was to try and find um, another tournament that we could play within a region that we were already playing. And on the back of that, we presented the, uh, the idea to Golf Saudi to say, you know, why don't we do a midweek televised event uh, following the, um, the Aramco Saudis Ladies Invitational? And, um, and they, they liked the idea. And then from there, we said, OK, we're doing another event. Let's do something a little bit different. And, and then the concept of the team happened. Inten the intention was only to have it that one, that one time as a, as a COVID solution to help the players out. And we were hugely grateful, so, as were the players. But it was such a success that we kind of couldn't let go. So we're just like, okay, well, let's let's do something with this. It's too good. It's too good to just have it for one year. So let's uh, let's yeah, let's keep going with it. And uh, and here we are with uh, with this concept. Yeah. Did you always envisage uh, having such a strong field? Obviously, it must be really exciting for you to have the likes of Lexi there and major winners like Georgia Hill, Anna Nordquist, uh, Minji Lee as well. It's um, a very impressive field. Yeah, it, I mean it is, and I mean, you know, I, I the, you know, the events, as I say, had had tremendous um, feedback from last year. So obviously, a lot of these players will have played already in in Saudi at the end of the year. Um, you know, one of the things players are very good at are at sharing their experiences at, at events, and uh, and they would have you know shared um, of their their experience for for this tournament and. Uh, yeah, and I think now it's uh, it's just gone to the next level, and we, we hope to keep growing. Yeah, do you like the idea of the amateur in the team as well, and they could hold the winning putt that could um, <laughs> earn their partners a bit of cash? Um, I mean, I like it. Um, I don't know if the amateur would like it. <laughs> it's, it's intimidating, but I, I mean, I think it's you know we've we've, we've done a lot of work in, in making sure that you know the the amateurs are handicapped and and you know they have their certificates and and, how, and a lot of time has been spent on on the course setup also to, to make sure that the amateurs' impact on the team is even across across all thirty six teams. So it should it should be you know it should be a, a fun competition, but. Um, I don't know as a pro whether I would want that putt, so I can't imagine an amateur how they'd feel. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually playing in the tournament. Um, you got any advice for me? Um, look, yeah, just 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 enjoy it because they're. I mean, our, our, our yeah, our players are they are ex extraordinary athletes, um, but they will make you feel really comfortable for sure. They 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 are very generous with 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 their time and. Um, and you'll you'll definitely enjoy watching them play because it is it, it is fantastic what they do. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, so back to you then with your role. How do you think the tour has evolved since you took over back in? Was it start of twenty twenty? Yeah, so I, I joined the the tour as CEO in January of twenty twenty uh, on the back of the uh, relationship and collaboration with the with the LPGA. Um, we started kind of a, a new journey there. Um, you know, obviously, little did we know at that time <laughs> what was what was coming with COVID. But um, you know, then already in 2020, uh, with this collaboration and and kind of reconnecting with a lot of the European federations and having a a, a strong focus on, on what we were trying to achieve, uh, we were able to put together a, a very strong schedule in 2020. You know, a, a lot of that was then lost um, because of COVID. Uh, but all those all those events that we contacted uh, were keen. To, to come back this year 
and and we've had other other opportunities and uh, and again you know on the back of a very very tough year uh, we've we've put a really strong schedule together um, for the players you know at the moment twenty you know twenty eight tournaments the biggest prize fund that they have ever played for and uh, and all the events are very happy and excited for the future we didn't expect that COVID would you know the impact of COVID would continue so much into twenty twenty one so I think that's that's kind of been quite hard it's been quite hard for the for the athletes too. Um, but you know there, there is a little bit of uh, of uh, I guess light at the end of the tunnel that it, it is going to ease up and with vaccinations and travel and um, vaccination passports all that all that should ease up and and you know hopefully normalize a little bit because it, it is tough for the players to be in, in, in a bubble week in and week out and being just traveling on on their own and not having additional guests so um, you know the balance is it's, it's uh, a good time and the schedule looks strong but there there is a, a lot of challenges too because of covid yeah is that a sign of the strength of women's golf and women's sport i guess in general i think so yeah um you know th- there was a lot of talk about uh with with covid and the impact of covid was was were women's sports going to be more more affected and and probably because we don't have necessarily the, the finances that it took to get back to playing um but i guess on the on the back of that too we we are smaller organizations. We are more flexible. We we, we, we do tend to um, be more creative about how we how we compete and how we get back into the game and how we use you know different avenues and media uh, other than just the traditional media to, to get our message out. So I think that creativity has has gone well for for women's sports. And then there's there is an interest uh, in women's sports. Um, I think from the general public, but in within the corporate world. Uh, trying to support um, you know women's sports and all the equality movement. Yeah, fantastic. And um, just for fans, why should they tune in to the Aramco Team Series this week? Um, I mean, you know, it, I as I say, I'm I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of these players. Uh, they will, you know, they may have seen men's golf and you know, kind of, uh, I guess maybe underestimate how good they are. They will be genuinely, genuinely impressed. Um, on, on, on the players and how they play. But also, uh, it's a slightly different atmosphere. They're playing as a team. They will, you know, the, the players, it's, they don't play like that very often. And it's going to be within the groups. They're going to get such a buzz uh, just watching them interact, um, just high-fiving each other and, and how they engage and, and the tactics behind the, the team side. So it's, um, it's great golf, but it is also going to be a unique atmosphere. Brilliant. All right. Have a great week, Alex. And um, yeah, thanks for chatting. I think you have have a harder week ahead than me. Yeah, I'm going to be nervous. I'm going to be very nervous, I think. (laughs) So there you go. There was the Ladies European Tour CEO, Alex Armas, and um, gives a bit more background on the whole event, doesn't it? Yeah, obviously really exciting for her who saw like the the event in her head last year and then now it's come to fruition and to a, um, a real thing and yeah it's just fantastic and actually being involved with not just media because we had it anyway but uh, playing as well you just realize what goes into a tournament especially during covid times like all the testing like to be fair i'm still quite paranoid that i'm going to test positive for covid and this will all be a dream that never happens but um yeah like the bubble system the hotels the cars it's um oh just it must be an absolute nightmare to create these events during these COVID times and you've just got to take your hat off to them. And um, yeah, it just looks like a really, really um, exciting event and very, very well run. 
Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be great, and it's got some fantastic players playing, isn't there? I mean, Lexi Thompson will be playing. Also, we're going to hear from Minji Lee in a, in a moment as well. But there's also Georgia Hall. I mean, it's going to be brilliant, isn't it? And it's the reason why there's a good field is because I think there's a lot of good headlines around it, good prize fund as well, isn't it? It's a it's a big event for some of these players, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's massive. Um, yeah, Minji Lee, five-time LPGA Tour winner, former world number two. Uh, Lexi Thompson, major winner. Anna Nordquist, multiple major winner. Uh, Dame Laura Davis as well. Um, Charlie Hull, Georgia Hull. Um, Anne Van Dam's going to be there as well. Katrina Matthew, just to, to keep naming names. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a great field and um, going to be a really exciting tournament to play in for myself and um, really interesting one to cover as well, which we'll be doing and, and watching on TV as well. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. And uh, before we hear from Inji Lee, just so you know, we will be covering in depth the American Team Series, especially as Elliot will be playing in it. So uh, do check out everything which is happening either on our social media channels at Golf Monthly on Twitter and Instagram and Golf Monthly Magazine on Facebook, or of course the website, golfmonthly.com. We'll now listen to and hear from Minji Lee, who Elliot caught up with earlier today, the Aussie star, and uh, as he said, a five-time LPGA winner. So here is Minji Lee. So how excited are you this week for the, the cool format you got at the Ramco Team Series? Um, yeah, it's my first time here and I haven't, um, you know, been really around this kind of format before. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. I mean, the golf course is really pretty fun. So um, I'm excited for the draft tonight and no, I'm really looking forward to it. Cool. So as a captain, do you know who you're picking? Have you been discussing that the last few weeks? Um, I want to pick um, one of the Perth girls. Uh, Whitney Hillier, but I don't know if I'm going to be, you know, which number I'll be to choose my first pick. So um, we'll see how we go. <laughs> nice. Um, do you have any advice for the amateurs playing this week? Um, you know, they might be a little nervous playing with three other professionals. So um, maybe just have fun. I mean, if they have any questions, we're really happy to, you know, answer them. So um, we don't bite. Uh, I think just um, as long as we keep them relaxed I think they'll be relaxed yeah so I'm sure you played in a lot of programs before but this week the amateur could actually help you win the tournament so what does that feel like um I guess if they need help we can help them so maybe that will be a benefit um but yeah no I think it's a pretty cool format something that's not been done before so um it'll just be a cool opportunity and different experience yeah does it feel a bit of a special week as opposed to just a a bog standard regular week out on tour um yeah definitely i i feel like because it is like we're playing with three pros it's i think we can you know like i I don't know i think it's a little bit more relaxed um than other events you know we're out there like relentless every week just like going head to head so I feel like it's just a little bit different atmosphere out here on the LETs, um, much more friendlier. Um, I just really like playing the LET events, so no, it's just really nice to be here. Yeah, what have you made of the course so far this week? This um, got a few lovely tree-lined holes and then a few more sort of open heathland ones, hasn't it? Yeah, I, so I played one to four yesterday and then I played the back nine today, so um, I think a couple of the holes that go out on the back nine, they're a bit more open and then... You know, some of the holes on the front nine are more tree-lined. But I think overall there's a lot of birdie opportunities. Um, it is a little wet out there after the rain last night. But I think um, 
just being a team format, um, I think there would be a lot of birdies out there. Lots of par fives um, and a lot of par threes. So I think it will be scorable. Oh, nice. You enjoying the British weather then? Um, you know, I don't <laughs> mind the cold, but I don't really like the rain. But yeah, no, I, uh, I enjoy coming. Um, I, I enjoy being in this kind of weather. Yeah, so have you played much in England before? Uh, I came a couple of times when I was an AM. Um, I played like the, oh, I don't know if it was ever here, the Astor Trophy and um, a couple of the events here and there. But I, I played at Buckingham Show um, when they had an LET event there. So a couple of times, and at Woburn. Oh, yeah, nice. Um, so, yeah, you won the Ladies Dubai Moonlight Classic last year, which was another innovative format. Um, how cool is it to, to play in these unique tournaments that, um, again, are very different to your, your usual tournaments? Um, no, I think it's great. I think it just gets um, the community more into the game of golf. And because it's, uh, because we play it in a much more like fun atmosphere and setting, I think it's just um, just a great experience for the amateurs and for us as well, something different. Um, I just think it just brings a lot of interest so it's just really good. Yeah. And uh, as a predominantly US-based player now, um, what are your thoughts on the LET and sort of its link up with the LPGA? Um, I think it's gone in the right direction. Um, I, I know a lot of the girls were struggling with having such a sh- small um, schedule um, before they kind of like merged, I, I guess. Um, I, I just think if you get as many opportunities as you can get to play, I think the better. So it's definitely, uh, I think everybody is happy out here. Oh, brilliant. All right, have a great week, Minji. Thanks for that. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Great to hear from her there. Elliot, she seemed in a very positive frame of mind. Yeah, um, yeah, really enjoyed that very um, brief chat with Minji Lee. She seems lovely. And um, I actually did a, a piece on the things you didn't know about her, sort of like a fact file. And, what an incredible career she's had so far. Um, obviously, she's the brother of Min Woo Lee. That, well, I guess obviously, but some people might not know. And um, yeah, she's um, just a fantastic player. Been world number one amateur, won professional tournaments as an amateur, um, achieved all sorts. So um, yeah, a real star. She's only 25 as well. Um, won, like you said, five times on the LPGA Tour and um, many other tournaments as well. So Really lucky to see her playing in England this week. And she's tournament favourite as well. So good chance that she might win the individual tournament because there is a, an individual prize as well. And um, yeah, hopefully she's on my team because uh, I've got a feeling she's going to play quite well. <laughs> yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? And um, for anyone who wants to go to the uh, Ranko Team Series, I believe you can still get tickets if you if you Google them and, and, and follow the links. You, I'm sure you'll be able to find it. And um you have a chance to maybe see Elliot play some golf and probably better than that, you'll see some of the best players in the world in the women's game as well. Uh, absolutely a bit more important than watching Elliot, but uh, it should be really good, fun. Elliot, what's your what's your dream? What's what's the best draw that you could have coming out of the hat? Um, I'm not going to be picky. I don't want to um, say any names, to be honest. <laughs> Anyone is just going to be incredible because... Um, I've never actually watched ladies professionals before, so I'm really excited about that. I know I'm going to be overwhelmed and just, um, you know, really shocked by just how great they are. Because obviously I've seen the men, but I've never seen the women. Yeah, anyone's going to be fantastic. And um, 
hopefully create a little team bond and maybe even win the thing. You never know. Exactly. You never know. I mean, I hope you get uh, Dame Laura Davis because obviously she's a West Byfleet member as well. And you can have a bit of a West Byfleet team or something like that and take on the uh, tournament. Maybe that'll work. But uh, we'll wait to see who you get. You'll find out tonight. Uh, I can't wait to find out, to be honest with you. So, as we said, do check out the website and social media channels. Find out how Elliot's doing. I'm as interested in it as anybody else, but uh, hopefully we have a really good week. Now, time to talk about our sponsor, Titleist, and the instant tour success of its new T-Series irons. Introduced a couple of weeks ago, they made their way into 15 of the 45 players' bags playing Titleist irons at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Two of those were playoff contenders, Cam Davis, who had a new T202 iron in play en route to a maiden victory in Detroit, and Troy Merritt, who had a combination set of new T200 and new T100 irons. Merritt only needed one full range session to make the switch, and it yielded instant success, holding out with a new T205 iron from 218 yards on the par 3 11th hole in round three. The success didn't end there, as Tyler swept the major equipment counts this past week, as the top choice in golf balls, drivers, fairways, hybrids, utility irons, irons, wedges, and putters at Detroit Golf Club. That is the 22nd time it has achieved this since the start of 2019, a feat never matched by another brand. Head to tightless.co.uk now to find your nearest custom fitting event and find out for yourself where the game's best choose Titleist. So we're going to quickly look back at the events from the past week, starting on the PJ Tour with the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Cameron Davis defeated Troy Merritt in a mammoth playoff to win his maiden PJ Tour title. The 26-year-old Aussie is now up to career best 67th in the world. Um, defending champion Bronson Chamber, Mr. Cut, decided not to speak to the media. Uh, after splitting with long-time caddy Tim Tucker just before the tournament. And that was quite big news, wasn't it? I mean, Bryson obviously asked for a lot from his caddy, probably more than any other player. So do we think it's just it was time for a split or, or, or an arrest? Or what, what do we reckon's happened here? I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't really know the full story here because I was holidaying in Wales at the time. But uh, it did come as a really big shock to me because they've been together for a long time. They've had amazing success together. and. I would imagine if you've been with Bryson that long, you're probably acquainted to what he likes to do and what you have to do in your role. So uh, I did think a few years ago, wow, he's got a really tough job. But I thought as that relationship grew, the pair are obviously great friends and work together really well. So um, yeah, big surprise there, actually. Um, I, I believe that Tim may have actually quit, judging by some reports. But um, again, sorry, I didn't really read into it too much. but. Uh, yeah, not a great week for Bryson, missing the cut, declining to speak to media and, and losing his long-time caddy. Yeah, it's a bit, I, I, I don't think there's a, I don't think it's a surprise that, I think Bryson's probably going to go through quite a few caddies in his career, isn't he? Because I think the amount that he had to put on them is quite a lot of pressure. So um, I don't think it's a huge shock, um, but it's a, it's a bit of a blow with some big tournaments coming up and obviously he's playing the Olympics as well. Uh, but let's talk about the winner, Cameron Davis. Um, good week. Uh, for the Aussies, with Lucas Herbert also winning the Irish Open, which we'll come on to in a bit. And another uh, big playoff. Uh, we've had two in a row now, haven't we, where it's taken uh, several holes for the title to be um, decided. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't really know too much about Cameron Davis. Do you? No, not particularly. I know he's very tall and he hits the ball very, very well. Um, finished with a bunker shot eagle on the 17th, hold it, which was... Very, very good. And then he birdied the last as well to get into that playoff. So 
yeah, it's a really good finish on Sunday night. I know there were loads of players up there. Uh, I watched a few holes of the playoff and then um, decided to fall asleep by accident, which was a shame. But uh, yeah, really good tournament in the end. And yeah, he's only 26, looks a fantastic talent. Uh, and his, his ball striking was just immense, I thought. So um, yeah, definitely one to watch. He, I mean, he was outside the world's top 200 at the start of the year. So he's... He's obviously having a fantastic season now in the world's top 100 and getting close to the world's top 50. So someone to look out for for the future, without doubt. Ah, oh, Tom, did you see the video of him hitting shots right and left-handed? I know, I, I have seen that. It makes me feel a little bit sick. When Unbelievable. Sick. Yeah. Will you be doing that um, this week at the at um, Centurion? Uh, yeah, I probably will need to chip out left-handed out of some bushes, I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look forward to that. And then looking ahead, there was also the Irish Open. And as, as I said, another win for Australia, where Lucas Herbert won his second European Tour title. He won by three from Ricard Karlberg and earned a spot in the Open along with Karlberg and Veeman. Herbert is up to a career-best 55th in the world. Uh, Roy McIlroy did play, um, made the cut on uh, Friday with a, a really good round of, uh, I think it's five under, I think he shot on the Friday. But he finished down in tied 59th didn't they so that was, that was a bit of a blow we really wanted to see Rory doing well there didn't we yeah very disappointing week for him actually not the strongest of field you'd have to say so you would have thought even if he played half decent he would have got into the top 10 or top five uh so yeah not his best at all but uh it wasn't a links course i saw that he was at port marnock yesterday practicing on a true links uh then he's got the renaissance club this week with the scottish uh, and then the big one next week. So hopefully um, he can find his game in time to play some great links golf at Royal St George's next week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Open is just is a well, it's a week away, really, isn't it? So um, it's he's playing golf. He's he's back on, the, on this side of the pond. Um, as you say, wasn't a links course that they were playing on. I, I mean, Herbert played very well. I mean, that sixty-four he shot in round one really set him up, didn't it? And um, yeah, a lot, a lot of the bigger names didn't quite make it happen, did they? Um, did you see any Francesco Laporta's final round? Yes, I actually watched a lot of the final round. He was on absolute fire, wasn't he? I think he made six birdies in a row, um, was chipping and pitching in from everywhere. And then um, I think he double bogeyed the last to lose a spot in the open, unfortunately. But yeah, it's a really good final round. Yeah, that was a blow, wasn't it? But um, it shows on those uh, those Sundays, someone coming through the field. I mean, he... Yeah, he he was looked like he was going to win at one point, didn't he? But he was it was very exciting golf. Um, it was, I actually saw a roundup. I turned over and it, I was just they were just showing a roundup of of all his birdies, and there was not a tap in. In they were all twenty foot plus. They were either whole chips or huge putts. So very exciting to to see. And um, I thought it was really good, good to see some uh, some good golf being played in Ireland again. And um, I love this period of, of the uh, of the season. We've got the Irish and then the Scottish and then the Open. I think it's just fantastic. And um, I'm looking forward to some more great golf in Europe, in my time zone for once um, over the next few weeks. So looking ahead to this week, we've already spoken about the Rampico Team Series, which, of course, our very own Elliot Heath will be competing in and hopefully uh, helping his team to victory. Uh, but there's a couple of other events going on as well. We've got the Scottish Open, the strongest field in the history 
for of the Scottish Open at the Renaissance Club ahead of next week's Open. US Open winner John Rahm is joined by the likes of McElroy, Morikawa, Chauflay, Hatton, Fleetwood, Salvatoris, Horschel, Westwood, Poulter, and many more. It's going to be a hell of an event, isn't it? Yeah, um, what an incredible field. I don't know, maybe it's because of COVID and all the bubble systems that the US guys want to get over here as soon as possible. But yeah, really, really special. Um, it's going to be a great week. Great to see John Rahm back. And um, yeah, I'll be watching the Sunday. I won't be watching the tournament because I'll uh, have other matters on my hand. But um, yeah, it, sh it should be a really good finish, hopefully, if, if the likes of Rahm and McElroy are up there. Um, Morikar was always going to be good, isn't he? So should be a really, really good tournament. Yeah, anyone that you really think is going to do well this week? Um, probably Rahm, to be honest. Well, number one. Um, he might still have a bit of a hangover from all that boozy drunk out of the US Open trophy, but um, yeah, hopefully he can raise his game and um, pick up another win. I know he's very good on Lynx golf, isn't he? He's won the Irish Open twice, so um, I see no reason why the tournament favourite can't just continue his incredible run of form. I'm going to just give a shout out to Robert McIntyre because I think, you know, uh, he's been in very good form, hasn't really had a chance to really show off his skills in Scotland you know, over the past 18 months or so because of all the stuff that we've had in COVID. You know, I think he's going to have a bit between his teeth. I think he's 45 to 1 or so. So uh, I think he's worth looking at. But ignore me and uh, Elliot. We've also got our great tips to Jeremy Chapman, who's been uh, picking winners galore. And he's done his tips and they're on the Golf Monthly website, golfmonthly.com at the moment. Or of course, just Google it. Uh, Golf Monthly Golf Monthly Tips or something like that. And you'll find it. So uh, do check out his tips because they're usually pretty decent and then there's also the john deere classic on the pga tour and it's being played again at tpc deer run uh returning after being cancelled last year just five of the world's top 50 are in the field uh with daniel berger headlining a lot of the players have already come over to the uk and can you remember which of the john deere classic winners that we met at the open a few years ago that we met um in the curry house no no. At a party? Oh, yeah. Um, Bryson DeChambeau, wasn't it? The very night after he won his maiden PGA Tour title. Not yes. in a curry house. Not in a curry house. He was at a, we were actually at someone's house. It was a, a barbecue being put on by a manufacturer. And um, uh, he obviously very jet-lagged because he won and they put on a jet to fly the winner over. Because usually the, the winner usually hasn't actually made it into the Open because a lot of the people are already over. And they fly everybody over who's 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 made it into the open and Bryson won, made it into the open, then suddenly about you know, fifteen hours later we were sharing a burger with him or something, weren't we? So uh uh it's uh, it's usually good. I, I I actually quite like TPC Deer Run. It's not not the longest course in the world and it's usually a bit of you know, there's usually some some excitement down over the last few holes. So uh that should be that should be good fun. And Daniel Berg, I mean, headlining top top player, someone who's really pushing for the Ryder Cup team. So he won't mind. There's only five of the world's top fifty in there. He's just going to try and uh, win every event he can. He can. So uh, that should be good fun, shouldn't it? Yeah, great tournament. Good memories of Jordan Spieth winning his maiden PGA Tour title here. Actually, remember when he pitched in from the bunker? Also, it's where Steve Stricker and Zach Johnson have both completely dominated. So uh, yeah, some some really good tournaments down the years. A uh, massive shame that the field is so weak, but, um, you know, what can you do in these times? So, uh, yeah, just a, another good week to look forward to. If you look at Zach Johnson and Steve Stricker, they're both about 40 to 45 to 1, and I reckon there's some decent odds. 
to be had there, to be honest with you. But again, do check out the better tips of Jeremy Chapman and uh, on the Off Market website because he has been on fire since he started writing for us and I'm sure he continues to do that. So we're going to wrap it up there. Elliot has to get to the golf range and hit 400 balls to try and make sure he doesn't top it off the first. That's Centurion. Uh, Elliot, seriously, good luck uh, this week. Have fun. Try and enjoy it as much as you can. And I, I hope that you get a good draw. And uh, I'm sure you will enjoy yourself a lot. Thanks a lot. No worries. Right, we'll hear how Elliot does or did next week on the podcast. And hopefully there'll be some funny stories to be had as well. So until then, we'll speak to you again. Yeah.